as you go along with that experience and through that process, you gain more confidence, you understand your child more, you understand the role of your newfound motherhood more and that's when you start to build up the confidence like you were saying before, which then allows you to tap into your instinct. Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gadinsky, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. Welcome back to another episode of Talking in Common. Soph. Kate. How's your two-day hangover going? Oh, thanks for starting us off on the wrong foot. <laughs> no, you're so right. I don't bounce back like I used to. Oh, you've lost it. It's not even two days. It's now, it's now a Tuesday. I feel like I've just got my groove back. I'm feeling great after the weekend, although I went home a couple of hours earlier than you. So. We both had a bit of a rager though, didn't we? Good fun. Mum's night out. <laughs> Woohoo! Been back out on the town. It was good. It was nice. It's nice to be back in out in Melbourne. I know. How nice is it that we can actually go out in the city again and mm. have dinner with friends, mm. go out to a bar for drinks and mm. some dancing. You were seriously getting down with those moves on the weekend. <laughs> I've up. got a video to prove it. Oh, those up. long legs of yours. You and your videos. It's not fair. I love it. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm feeling pretty good. That's yep. good. So, well, let's talk about why we're here today, what we're going to talk about. I think this is going to be an exciting episode. Mm, it's going to be good. We're going to talk all about intuition today and instinct, which we both still haven't quite figured out what the difference between the two is, but that's what we're here for. We're there is to... a difference though, I think. We'll explore it, won't we'll we? We'll explore it. Gut feelings. Yeah, sixth sense, instinct, intuition, whatever you want to call it. In particular, we want to explore a mother's instinct and a mother's intuition because I think we've both experienced different versions of that since becoming mums and it's something that we talk about quite a lot and something that we want to unpack and explore and talk about some of our personal experiences with it but then also just why it's become present in our minds, why we want to talk about it, what exactly we mean by intuition or a mother's intuition or instinct and also just some of the societal and cultural influences on how that affects us and losing the ability to tap into it totally losing the ability to even tap into it or even just whether not just we but people in general believe in it in our culture good topics I think good topics yeah before we do that now I gave you a task to complete before today's episode Uh have you done it I haven't asked you I'm in trouble (laughs) have you you haven't done it you don't even remember what it is upload you go out one night on the town and you've completely forgotten (laughs) Give me a break. Um, no, the vulva mask oh, the vulva or the vagina mask, mask that you bought me, oh you God. gifted me. I didn't do it. Are you going to kill me? Uh, well, Are we, we going to talk about this as I was big, hoping that's our... what we were going to have in common this week. Uh, but well, clearly I was the only one sitting with my legs up in the air with a vulva mask <laughs> Oh, my God. Last night. Tell me all about it. Yeah, I got I got us these quite a few months ago. It's yeah. taken us a while to get around to using Restore them. I'm sorry. Mask, I completely it was cold. forgot, but tell me everything. What was it like? Not that I need one of these masks. So, you know, <laughs> I'm in very one? good shape. I'll have, Who, you yeah, know? I want to know the type of person that needs I one. don't know, but. I'm reading, I'm on the website and it says it's a luxurious, luxurious sheet mask specifically designed for your vulva skin, aimed to hydrate, soothe and protect. 
Restore is formulated with hand-picked nourishing ingredients from around the globe, creating a unique formula suited to your most delicate skin. So tell me, are you 10 years younger down there? Look, I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take an, you know, an actual before and after shot, but mm, I mean, obviously it felt kind of hydrated and soft afterwards, but I'd like to think that I feel like that all the time. <laughs> So it was one of those things that I found and, you know, like I've said a million times, love a bit of a gimmicky thing to try. And I've never tried a vagina mask. I was pretty sure you hadn't either. No, I'd so never had. Nope. I had to try them. And, but, but you I, haven't even tried it. I haven't it. tried it yet. But I have to admit, like, who really needs a mask for their vagina I anyway? Know. We should but be I'm celebrating intrigued. the natural beauty of our womanly parts. Anyway. We're not here to talk about vulva masks all day. Yeah. <laughs> we did will you, check back in once you've done your was homework. Was it easily applicable on your own or did you have a little husband help? Well, I got a bit of help. He didn't. He wasn't <laughs> complaining about helping. It was quite. It was actually quite a humorous way to spend 20 minutes on our Monday night. Yeah, um, no nice doubt. way to uh, to head into a good night's sleep. God, I didn't know where anyway, you were going to go with let's that. stop. Awkward. That's hilarious. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. Let's talk about intuition, my darling, and a mother's instinct. And let's start off with what the difference between the two is because we actually, to be honest, just had a 10 or 15-minute conversation about it before we started recording this episode and we're still not sure what the difference is, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. (laughs) One thing I did find when doing a bit of research was intuition may be defined as understanding or knowing without conscious recourse to thought, observation or reason. The processes that make up intuition are learned, not innate. However, instinct is not a feeling but an innate hardwired tendency towards a particular behaviour. that's how I would think of it. Like instinct is more of a physical reaction and intuition is more of a concept or an idea but doesn't necessarily have or like you said doesn't have conscious reasoning behind it which I think um, think is a really good – way to pinpoint why it potentially isn't regarded or believed in our culture because so much of the Western culture is sort of based around proof and reasoning. And we'll get into that later, but I think it's um, a good way to start out. Like the difference between those two is very similar, but it does have its differences. And some of the personal reasons why we wanted to talk about this today is because when you do become a mother, I feel you are just flooded with all of these new thoughts and ideas and concepts and challenges. And for me personally, I am not a particularly religious person. We live in Australia, which is, I don't want to say it's not a religious country because it certainly is, but it's just extremely multicultural and therefore has a lot of different religions in the mix. But like I said, me personally, and I think like you too, we're not particularly religious people, but I do sort of yearn and search for meaning in my life that's not necessarily physical or... Like a spiritual, more of a spiritual Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. I sort of search for spirituality in my life to to give more meaning to myself. So that's, that's something that I wanted to explore today. And I know you and I have both had different experiences that whether bringing a reaction from instinct or intuition is a natural thing or whether we're searching for it. I think so. And I think like, as you sort of mentioned before, like we live in a culture where as mothers, we are frequently removed from our intuitive knowledge 
And then, you know, we tend to rely on things like technology to find the answers or ask your friends or ask your family or everyone just seems to always have an opinion on what you are doing in your everyday life and particularly when you're a mother. Yeah, Like we so tend true. to compare yeah. and Google and all these things and I think by doing that we're kind of losing the ability. Well, we're not losing it but we're not trusting ourselves to actually mm. tap into our intuition and find the answers Mm. within our own minds because we probably, the answers are there. Yeah. How many times have you actually listened to your intuition or a gut feeling and been right with honey? Yeah. Well, one thing that comes to mind is that honey had an allergy to eggs when she was maybe around six or seven months old. Yeah. She had a really big reaction to them and basically like power spewed straight you know, not long after giving it to her. telling me this. Yeah, and there was about two or three incidences, I think two, and they were both, you know, quite quickly after we'd given her eggs. So it was very obvious that that's what it was. So we did the thing that you would think you should do these days, which is to call the doctor and book an appointment to get an allergy test and all that sort of thing. Takes um, so long, doesn't it? Which Such we did, and, yeah, and it, took, <laughs> and it took so long on the waiting list. In fact... It took so long on the waiting list that I had just gotten to a point where I thought I'm just going to start giving it to her again. I just kind of know in my heart that she's not actually allergic and it's also quite a common thing for children to have some sort of intolerance or some sort of reaction to egg when they're young and then they do grow out of it. But I just sort of had this feeling like I sort of thought I think she's going to be fine. And that's one thing that comes to mind that I have um, – that I can use as an example because, yeah, like I said, like I just sort of did know yeah, that, that she knew. wasn't going to have the allergy. And she never ended up having the test and we just started giving her egg again and she was fine. Yeah, see, it's so interesting, isn't it, actually? I Thinking back to when Lulu was a baby and she was about three weeks old and she, anyway, she ended up having like moderately bad reflux as a baby mm. and um, I knew like in my my gut feeling straight away I could tell by some things that were happening you know usually in the early hours of the morning throughout the night that it wasn't just an, a bit of an unsettled newborn baby like I knew that there was something going on and you sort of speak to the doctors and they're like oh no like babies are just unsettled you know mm. their guts are immature all these different things I was convinced like saw the doctor saw the pediatrician and in the end like you sometimes feel like you're telling them you know something, like yeah. you have this feeling and they're saying, no, like just see how you go. I mm. was right. And she yeah. did have like quite bad reflux and she had to go on medication for it. And as soon as we did that, it really helped and she was a completely different baby. Mm. And if I hadn't have persisted, you know, those first few months or that first year with Lulu could have been incredibly different. Yeah. I've had those experiences just with my own health before yeah. where, you know, I've put my trust in a GP and they've given me answers, they've given me test results, they've given me things, but I've just known that it's not right or they've almost resisted my urge to find out more about my health than they've suggested and I never understood that yeah. and it, it left me feeling very bewildered and very curious as to why I kind of was put a stop to my search and understanding myself. Yeah. And that's a perfect example, I suppose, of of our culture and of our society. And because of those experiences, once I became a mother, I sort of told myself, like, you must trust your intuition. Yeah. You've had experiences with your own health. Don't let it happen to your child. And the best advice that my mum and probably most mums give out there is trust your gut. Yep. 
they're your child. Nobody knows your child like you do. And it is the best advice in my in my opinion. I know, especially when we listen, when we listen to that advice too, because how often, I don't know, for me, you know, you get these gut feelings and we do still tend to second guess ourselves. Like this is kind of why we're doing this episode today because yeah. we've spoken so much about this. Yeah. But it kind of proves that when you do kind of start to listen to those gut feelings and follow them sometimes without going for a second opinion or the reassurance of someone else, that you see that you are right, like you get a positive mm. result, which then makes you more confident in trusting yourself in the future. Mm. Mm. And I think that's it. It's all about confidence, isn't it? Like, because like you said, there's so much influence and there's so much research and reading and information out there for us to rely on. And that I think is what really yep. gets in the way of us just tapping into our natural innate wisdom that as humans we're born with and we're sort of with all the advancements of technology and just the modern world that we live in the more comforts that we're provided the more it strips away our innate wisdom and we spoke about we spoke about this sort of innate wisdom with our recent guest in our last episode Amanda she's a, she had a great take on this didn't she yeah well i think in chinese she's a chinese doctor and in, in chinese medicine there's a lot of emphasis in what you are born with innately and, you know, looking at previous generations and history and there's a lot more spirituality in that culture than there is in ours. So I think, yeah, there's a lot to be said. One of the other reasons before we sort of get more into that, I feel like it's important to talk about this today is because it's just such a common conversation between friends, isn't it, like that have kids, yeah. just people – not necessarily struggling, but just questioning constantly. Am I doing the right thing as a mum? Have I right, made the right decision? What would you do? Have you yeah, what experienced worked for you? this? What worked for you? Yeah. And it's great to have a community and support and friends and you should talk about it. But you and I have been saying that we notice that it almost is just a constant question without an answer. Yeah. And you know what works for my my child's probably not going to work for yours. It might exactly. in a lot of in a lot of circumstances it, it probably will, but with in a lot of circumstances at the same time, it won't at all yeah, because they're exactly. different They're different human beings. Yeah. They've got different needs. We're all different. And the other thing with tapping into your intuition is that there's longevity in it. It's not just something that we're talking about with newborns. No. I think it's something that you carry forever with as a parent or as a mother because I can imagine, I don't have teenage children, but I can imagine that when I do – if they're saying, mom, I want to go out till 3am to this nightclub or mom, I want to do this. Or I feel like there are also times where you need to tap into your gut instinct, read, you know, the type of child, the type of person that your child is and sort of tap into what's really going on without just making a decision based on other influences like what all the other kids' parents are doing or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all about what works for the individual. Yeah. Even with Nina and obviously she's in prep, I feel, you know, obviously she's my daughter, I feel like such a strong, strong connection, like physical connection with her. Like we've, mm. we've spoken, we were speaking before we started recording about, you know, that physical connection between a mother and, and child, like mm. if they get hurt, like – I often, you know, Lulu fell over last night and I physically felt it. Like I felt sick. I felt a pain in my chest when Mm. she was like hysterically crying. Mm. And I mean, I wasn't hurt, but I felt hurt in a result of her being hurt. Mm. But with Nina now emotionally and, you know, being out in this big world of ours and, you know, she's starting to form relationships with other, other children. And 
I can sense when she's feeling hurt by something or nervous or scared. Like mm. I might have a feeling when I'm going to pick her up or when she's at school, I have a feeling and then I pick her up and I'm, I'm often right. Yeah. So it's weird how you're connected in these. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that actually, because I was doing a bit of research on this and there were so many conflicting articles about yeah. it. And there's been studies that have shown that when a woman is pregnant, fetal DNA passes through the placenta between the fetus and the mother. And this DNA can get into and find a little home in the mother's organs like the skin, the liver or the spleen and I think also even into the mother's brain. So you're actually walking around with Nina and Lulu's (laughs) DNA in you which maybe is an answer with like back to the description of what intuition means, conscious reasoning you know, maybe that is a bit of the conscious reasoning, the proof that we need to say, to explain why we do have certain reactions to emotional, physical. Yeah, I mean, obviously, your children you can do. sense, like if I'm with Nina and I can tell when she's upset because I know her, she's my child, or I can tell when she's nervous, but mm. more when I have that feeling when I'm actually not with her and then I go to, to pick her up or to see her and I am right, that yeah. it's still like, I'm yeah. still mind blown by it. Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. And, I mean, it happens, you know, with with other family members and with friends as well. You know, you can often sense something's not quite right and you might need to reach out or check on someone. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that connection with your child is. It's undeniably oh, there, right? God. Like you can feel it, right? Yes. Yeah. Like we might not be able to explain it, but we can feel it. And I often explain to Aidan, my partner, like because, you know, I'm still a first time mum. I only have one child and she's almost 18 months now. So, you know, it's all still very new, this whole motherhood thing to me and the roller coaster of emotions and and the new discoveries and the challenges constantly are all really new all the time. But I try to explain to Aiden sometimes how deeply it affects me emotionally and almost like physical pain, like you're talking about, like heartaching pain when your child when you know your child needs help or they need something, they need something from you. It's just this extremely powerful emotional pull towards that child. And there's been times where it's had me in tears or, you know, on the floor, hysterical, not knowing what to do, but I just know that they need me or, you know, and trying to explain that to my partner. And you just have to be there and you have to 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 do that for them like you have to just be completely selfless. Yeah. I think as a, a male versus female obviously males have these beautiful connections like mm. with their children or both of our partners do but I think what you're talking about is that physical connection mm. between a mother and a baby. Mm. So perhaps the maternal instinct. I think also like which I know you would agree with like for me becoming a mother was one of the toughest learning experiences I've ever been through. Mm, totally, yeah. And like it's taught, I suppose it's taught me the depths to which I can feel love, the extent to which you can stretch your patience because you need to learn to be patient when you become a mum, mm. that ability to become utterly selfless and putting the needs of others before your own, which mm. it's a continual learning curve and journey and as we go through different stages it'll, you know, continue to change but we do need to talk about maternal instinct. So yeah. let's go back to there. So... Instinct refers to something innate or inborn um, or natural, which involves a behavioural response, like you said earlier. But I think the thing with maternal instinct that I want to talk about, the idea 
of it sort of implies that there's this innate knowledge and set of behaviours almost or uh, like, you know, caregiving behaviours that are an automatic part of becoming and being a mum. And I feel like that sets us up a little bit to fail because if you don't have that naturally come to you, then already you feel like you've you're searching for it. Like where you're is searching it? For but it it's not necessary. Well, it's not there. It's not there for everybody. And I have like I can say that that I have experienced it there sometimes and not there in other times. What I'm trying to say is that this can kind of set you up before you even get pregnant, because I think some women wait for the for this sign, overcoming sign of instinct to tell them you're ready to have a child now. Yeah. And but you do see though sometimes how like you would have seen this with friends of ours who will go like no like maybe in a couple of years I don't really want kids I'm not sure if I want kids and then all of a sudden they're like yeah I want a baby and then they become obsessed by wanting a baby like yeah. I want it right, right now well you were a little I was a little bit like that were you a little bit like that have yeah you well said I that think about Nina or? because I was a couple of years probably younger yeah um when I had Nina we sort of decided oh we'll we'll, we'll try we'll just We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens basically. And it happened quite quickly. I was really lucky. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily have that real urgency of it had to be right now. Mm. But then second time round I did. And I think also part of that was because I miscarried in between. Yeah. Then I was like, now I really want a baby. Like why why aren't I getting pregnant? Yeah. I did get that feeling a little bit, but I feel like for me it was more about the right time in my relationship and in my life. It wasn't necessarily like something clawing at my uterus being like you need to have a baby now wasn't some instinct that just came out of nowhere it was more about where I was in my life yeah so I mean history has us believe that maternal instinct is what motivates us to want to have children but then also know exactly what to do when they arrive and I just feel like that isn't the case it doesn't come naturally you have to learn that's exactly right you learn on the job there has been no other experience (laughs) in my life where I have had that that perfect example of that is learning on the job. And I think like as they get older, you know, we're talking about even when they're babies, but as they get older, we say trust our gut. No one knows your child better than you do. Mm. But that becomes more apparent because you get to know them so well. You spend so much time with with this baby and then mm. with this child mm. that whether you're maternal or not, you just get to know this human being and you know how to respond, you know how to react, you know what they need physically, emotionally, because you've learned. Yeah. Not because you have a baby and all of a sudden this kind of um, Bible's put inside your brain of yeah. this is how to take care of a baby. Yeah. And I was going to say there's no handbook Bible, on raising a handbook child. Probably been better. But there is a billion Bibles and handbooks yes. on how to raise children but none on how to raise your child. No. And so I think, yes, I completely agree with you. It's about learning on the job. I think you – learn through different instruction, through good role models, through observing what works for others. And as you go along with that experience and through that process, you gain more confidence, you understand your child more, you understand the role of your newfound motherhood more. And that's when you start to build up the confidence, like you were saying before, which then allows you to tap into your instinct and your intuition. But for me personally, I would say that, yeah, it wasn't something that was like, screaming from my insides no like this is what you need to do and this is when you need to do it it was about 
more about the time in my life and then once it came about it was learning on the job and then finding that confidence and allowing myself to tap into it so and isn't it interesting because you've said a lot before and obviously I know this from being your friend for so long that you spent a lot of time with young kids and babies and babysitting Mm. and you think oh I'll have a baby like I know how to look after babies or I've spent lots of time with my niece and nephews. But when you actually have your own baby and someone to look after, it doesn't matter how many kids you've looked after or been around, like it's this brand new experience. Mm. And when you're solely responsible for a human, it doesn't matter what you've learned in the past, like you've still got to learn as you go and learn to to get to know them. So nothing can really set you up, not to frighten anyone. It's good to understand it like that, I think. I think it's hopefully will be comforting to some people that, maybe listening, who are thinking, I do really want to have a family, but I don't have that maternal instinct that everyone talks about. I'm here to say that, yeah, like Kate just said, I thought that I was a very maternal person and I am. You are. I am. But it was experienced in a unique way that was unexpected to me. So everyone's experience is most definitely very different. And I think it's okay that you don't have, if you feel like you don't have this maternal instinct, it doesn't mean that you'll never find it. Yeah, or it doesn't mean you won't be an incredible mother because you still will be. Exactly. And there actually is an article that we will share, which Soph and I both read, and the headline for this article was, the maternal instinct is a myth and we've got the science to prove it. I won't say much more about the article because I feel like everyone will have a very different opinion on this Mm. article, but it does say at the start, maternal instinct pathologizes women who don't want to have children, but that maternal drive is often cultivated through pregnancy itself so often but Mm, not all the time yeah but yeah I think that's true like definitely a lot of it cultivates through pregnancy as well yeah like there's it's undeniable that you have a intrinsic connection just by growing and birthing a child but that doesn't always necessarily equate to your bond or yourself as being a mother do you know what I mean it's like a different I think it's a different sort of yep. connection. No, I think you're right. But for those people that don't have it or feel like they don't have it, I hear you. I feel I feel you. I think it's a misconception for women to think that they need to have a maternal instinct just to want to have a baby or to be a good mother. So there was another thing in this article that said the maternal drive can be hormonally influenced. So instead of calling it the maternal instinct, so... Mm. For example, it can be um, influenced by pregnancy. So this is the same in other mammals. Once the offspring is there in front of them, that's when the maternal drive generally kicks in, but not always even then. Mm. So that maternal drive to want to protect, but you're not necessarily given that of that maternal instinct of knowing what Mm. to do. Like Mm. that's a bit of a myth. And after reading this article, yeah, it's really got me thinking about Well, I could totally relate to that because I was just saying to you before, like I didn't actually have that moment when I first gave birth to Honey of feeling completely in love with my child yet because I had this expectation of that you fall completely in love with this child. nothing you've ever felt before. Yeah, like nothing you've felt before from the moment you see them and that just didn't happen like that for me. To be completely honest, it probably took two or three weeks of bonding to really fall in love with her and – then once that clicked, once that kicked in, then it just absolutely skyrockets from there. You just yeah. fall more and more in love with them every day. And then, yes, now I definitely have that feeling. It's a love that you've never experienced before. But because of those external expectations, 
I already felt like I was failing in the first couple of weeks because I didn't have that instant connection or that instant love. You learn, you, you're falling in love with her. Yeah. You've got to get to know someone. And it's such a beautiful, precious experience. And to have expectations put on that and so then to influence the way you feel about your own experience is a real shame in my mind because it just is so unique to each individual and it just shouldn't be just put on you that if you don't live up to the expectations of society that you're a good or bad parent. So maternal instinct we're not so sure about, I think, what is what we've come to. Yeah. But yeah, so, so. mother's intuition is real and it can be the key, I think. Yeah. To our decision making, we just need to trust it and not ignore the feelings. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So what about, though, the difference between intuition and fear or intuition and anxiety? Because well, they feel like they'd be natural um, competitors. Yeah, because sometimes, right? you know, Conflicting. I, I think I've got a gut feeling or I think I've got a, yeah, a gut feeling about something. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, hang on a second, am I just, am I just worrying? Am I just being anxious that something yeah. is going to happen? Yeah. Well, you are a bit of a control freak. I am a bit of a control freak. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> not just with got the kids. Got that off your chest, have you? No, no, no. Not no, but I do like to be in control general. of a situation yeah. often. Yeah. Um, but why? Give me an example of what. <sighs> What, um, well, I'm not going to – let's not think too hard about this, but I can give you a really a really loose one. Um, the other week we were – when we were away a few weeks back in Wai River, we were at the playground there. Um, Lulu, my youngest, I turned around and she'd climbed up really high up this kind of ladder which goes to this like sort of landing spot and this tower. Mm-hmm. I've turned around and noticed her up there. I was watching my child, okay, but I was actually trying to find where my other – older child had gone <laughs> and and because I saw her up there so high she got up there all by herself but she was sort of standing on the ladder so she was completely fine mm. but my chest just froze and I freaked out and I was like oh my god she's gonna fall oh my god she's mm. gonna hurt herself that was my natural reaction I probably am a bit of a helicopter parent when it comes to worrying about that kind of stuff and I said to to my husband I was like you need to go and get her down quick go get mm. her down and it was like, I'm like, was that my gut telling me she was going to fall or was that just my fear, my anxiety, mm. worrying that she's going to fall, which I think it was the later, mm. which was, it was my anxiety. Yeah, but it's a good point. Like, But then if she had have fallen, yeah. touch wood, that she didn't, I would have been, like, been like, see, like, I, I knew, knew it. I had a gut feeling, I knew it. <laughs> should have trusted my instinct, should have trusted my gut. But no, I think it's a really good point and I think that your reaction was probably really normal. Yeah. Like... It was quite high and she wasn't really balancing <laughs> properly. Worry, you don't have to it justify was- <laughs> it. Everyone, every parent has a right to feel what they feel when they feel like their child is in a bit of a precarious situation or a dangerous situation. That's normal. Like that definitely is our instinct as protectors, as parents, as mums, to go into that kind of, I don't know, would you call that like the flight or fight reaction? Yeah, I think so. To go into that reaction when you think that your child's potentially going to fall and hurt themselves. The threat. Like that, it's potential a th- threat. Exactly. So you get potential into that, threat. have to protect. Yeah. So that's totally normal. But it is a good point for consideration. Like is that then just blocking your, you know, natural instinct to just register the situation, come up with a – a reasoning Sounds and very act. logical, babe. <laughs> I know, very logical. But isn't that part of what? Yeah, no. I'm saying tapping you're, into I think your you're intuition right. does. You yeah, have to do it in a calm. Yourself. You got to trust yourself, and you've got to sort of 
you can only tap into it when you're in a calm and content state. Well, if we're like, I guess if we're out of balance or tired or anxious, we we kind of lose that ability yeah, to listen right. so and to tap into it. If you've had a little mini freak out because you think Lulu's going to fall, then it's probably not the moment where you're going to be able to check into your very calming <laughs> intuition and oh. take a calming approach to it and be like, it's okay, I'm going to register the situation. I'm, I'm going to walk a little closer and be there in case something happens, but it's going to be fine. Like, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't have an answer for you, but I think it's it's a good point. I think it's a really natural reaction. I okay, don't know. I, hang on. I've done a Google here. Okay. How to separate fear from intuition. So let's say fear and anxiety. Let's Let's put them together. Yep. So the most two important things that separate fear from intuition are intuition being only about the present. There's no worrying about the past or the future involved, which is anxiety. You're yeah, right. often just worrying about things that haven't happened yet. That's exactly right. Intuition being neutral, unemotional, whereas fear is highly emotionally charged. Yeah, so there you go. It was probably anxiety. Probably I know it was. <laughs> it definitely was. I'm a highly anxious person and at the moment I'm like yeah. I'm ready to like, what's the word? Very jumpy. Yeah. Very reactive. Yeah. yeah. Socially though, what about like social intuition? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well that's. That's tricky because, again, I feel like if you're going to trust yourself and tap into it, you don't want any judgment or you don't want to put yourself in a place of judgment. And so in a social situation, you're probably less likely to trust yourself and more likely to be influenced be influenced or look for reassurance amongst your peers or amongst your group or whatever, wherever you are. But it's probably the place where we really should be practising it too isn't it? Because like we said earlier, you know, we we learn from each other from observing and connecting and talking and it's important to be real and honest, I think, with your friends and your community. To be honest, it's probably the place that we wouldn't practice. I don't know, for me personally, I'd probably just do whatever I needed to do to get by in the situation and then be riddled with anxiety about it afterwards. (laughs) Social interaction (laughs) anyway. Um, I feel like I've always had a really uh, I've always been spot on when I trust my what my intuition or what my gut feeling tells me about people. Like yeah, I feel like I'm yep. a really good judge of character and yeah, I don't know are, if that actually. is an intuitive thing. And I reckon I could say that I've never, ever been, maybe I have and I'm, it hasn't shown yet, but so mm. far I think I've always been really spot on mm. with people. Yeah, um, And I don't know if it's because I'm like quite open-minded to that and I do – think quite deeply about other people. I don't I'm not sure what it is. Well, in a social situation, I feel like you're an observer a lot. Yeah. You kind of like observe what's going on. You take the information and perhaps take it away with you and register it rather than, which is interesting because your personality naturally is quite impulsive too and you're <laughs> and, and reactive and, yeah. but yeah, I would agree with that. I feel like, yeah, you do sort of take information away and register it and you are a very good judge of character I don't know and now I start to overanalyze and think it now as like my kids are getting older and like other kids and they're making like friendships and relationships it's hard to be really open-minded sometimes because I feel like so protective of my kids so if anyone shows any sign of like hurting or upsetting them I want to like I want to um protect them protect them but in saying that like I can't I have to let them learn and I have to let them kind of do their thing. Do their thing. Become their own person. Become their own person. Absolutely. I just repeated you. 
Just a common thing on this podcast. <laughs> um, let's talk about like our culture and and some of the failings that we've been talking about that we feel contribute to this topic. Yeah. I personally believe that many of us have lost our connection to our instincts and to our intuition. We've lost connections with so many things that used to be so vital to our survival, just like the most basic things like the planet, nature, the weather, our bodies, each other even. Yeah. And, you know, so therefore our our intuition. And it used to serve us in so many ways, like our ancestors living in hunter-gatherer societies relied on their instincts in so many ways of just surviving, like sensing a storm and seeking shelter or, you know, what foods were safe to eat or what foods were poisonous and you needed to avoid, whether there was a predator near, you know, all of these sorts of examples. And we've sort of insulated ourselves from that natural way of living in so many ways. So that sense that evolved to serve us is no longer being used. And I think that's why we've lost the ability to tap into it naturally and have the confidence to tap into it. Do you agree? Yeah, I could not agree with you more with everything that you just said. I think it's just a perfect example of the modern world that we live in today. And sort of like I mentioned before, all of the technology advances and all of the things that we have created. We don't have to think for ourselves anymore. Yeah, we don't have to think for ourselves. So I feel like intuition is a muscle that you need to use to to keep it present. To train it. You need to train it. To train it and to keep it alive. And we don't do that. No. No. We've like cushioned ourselves to make everything easier that, yeah, like you said, basically we don't have to think for ourselves so we've made it almost near impossible to tap into what's innate in us and yet we're still human beings at the end of the day and we're still searching and yearning for something more than what's just physical or reasonable, or I personally am anyway. So I feel like that's a huge part or a huge answer to the discussion that we've had. Absolutely. And, I mean, with the world that we are living in, there is so much, there just seems to be so much stress like no one's calm anymore everyone's Mm. in a hurry no one no one gives themselves that time to just stop and to think and to listen to the to their minds listen to their bodies like so physically emotionally so with that let's get into today's sharing is caring because it is so well suited to this conversation we have had it is actually isn't it yeah didn't kind of I mean we sort of did think that it was suited but now that we've actually had this conversation (laughs) it's it's very fitting so it's a book today chosen a book that I actually shared this analogy in the very first episode of this season about a test with some mice and testing their fear against their natural instincts actually and um, I talked about that in the first episode and a few people have reached out and asked what the book was. So we thought it was probably a good place to talk about it in a little bit more detail here. Yep. Kate's recently read it as well and it's called Burnout by Amelia and Emily Nagoski. And so basically this book was written for women who are suffering some kind of mental or emotional burnout from overwhelm and exhaustion. It describes the type of person to experience this as someone who gives so much to everything but feels like nothing is good enough and that's definitely... The human giver syndrome, is that what it was called? Is that what they call it? Human giver syndrome, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
That sounds right. And a mother or even more in particular like a working mother, in my opinion, is so often this person. Like we tend to spread ourselves so thin across so much and then feel like nothing's getting what it really deserves. Like you're not giving anything 100%. Yeah, and then you just feel spread so thin and as a result of that you feel like you're failing. I loved like one thing I learned from this book which was at the start of the book was, which I'd never really thought about before, so learning the difference between the stressor and the stress. Like I just always thought of stress as stress. But when you look at it and you go, okay, what is causing me this stress? So what's the stressor? And then, okay, I can eliminate that or I can deal with that, but then you still need to eliminate the actual stress from your body. So one thing that they used was the six-second kiss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing it. So, like, obviously there's lots of things that work for stress, whether it's exercise, I mean, different different things work for different people, but it talks about having a six-second kiss with your partner as a stress buster or to end a stress cycle. Yes, yeah. I kind of feel like it works a little bit. I know, and I sort of forget why why they explained it, but they were saying something like it sends messages to your brain that you wouldn't be able to kiss someone that you didn't trust or love for that long, there's some sort of science behind yeah. the six seconds. And so by practicing this, it sends sort of messages to your brain which calm you down and make you feel comfortable and protected because you're with someone that you trust. Yeah, it's so good. And it's so I think, true. I think that was right. It's so true. But yeah, it has heaps of little great tips and really practical examples of how to combat stress cycles, doesn't it? And identifying the differences between stress and what's causing the stress. And I love how there was a part where it said stress is not bad for you, being stuck is bad for you. So right. going back to what I just said before about eliminating the stressor, but then if you don't get rid of the actual stress from your body, mm. it becomes stuck. And then every day like a new stress comes and then it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And if you're not doing anything about it, it leads to a burnout. Yeah, yeah, right. So makes sense, doesn't makes it? Makes complete sense. I probably wouldn't have necessarily chosen a book like this to talk about in such depth or in this segment because it's a little bit self-helpy. It is pretty self-helpy, but, but like you get really sucked in. Like when you told me about it and I started to read it, I didn't want to put it down. See, isn't that there a are great bits, sign? There are bits where you're like, okay, it is quite self-helpy and a bit yeah. like. But I feel like that's okay as I well. I think it's okay. <laughs> and if, and if, you know what? If you're at your wits end and yeah. you want to you want to learn more about it yeah. and you want to live a bit more of a calmer life or know some strategies to help you get there, then it's worth a read. Yeah. And, and you can read it in stages. You don't have to read it like no, consistently every night. No, and it's very easy reading. And I think like you said, that's a really good sign because I felt the same. Once I started reading it, I actually wanted to keep reading it because it was so relatable. Yeah. Everything they were saying, I was like, yes, yes, You had yes. so much in common with the book. <laughs> yes, exactly. Pardon the pun. So much in common with the book. But I feel like yeah, it was just so relatable and that's why that's why I think it was a great read and, and that, like I just resonated a lot with it and it kind of cleared a lot of things up. Like when you read something and you resonate with it, it takes away that fear of feeling like you're the only one Yeah, and that's always really helpful. I think if you're stressed or fearful or anxious, knowing that other people are going through similar things and that there's reasoning and it's normal and what answers, you're going through too. And yeah. normalising that. As well, I think that's important. Read it. It's a good book. Read it, guys. It's a great book. I don't think there's that much else to say. They give you all these great tips like Kate said before about the six-second kiss. 
ways of completing the biological stress cycles. There were also other suggestions too for anyone who who might be listening who doesn't want to have a six-second kiss or (laughs) (laughs) um, there was a hug one there was was a a hugging one and it doesn't necessarily have to be with a a a lover no like with a romantic partner partner. it can be with a friend so there was lots of different suggestions on how to kind of end stress cycles yeah and also they just explain like how your brain regulates certain emotions how identifying what's made it so difficult for women to love themselves, you know, why rest and human connection and befriending your inner critic are all key to recovering from stress and preventing burnout. So, yeah, there's some great stuff in there. So if this feels like you, then highly recommend. We hope you enjoy it. Yes, I reckon everyone will. How could you not? It's a yeah, great book. It's a good. You book. might hate it in saying that. Well, I think we're done for today. I agree. It was a great chat. I could have kept chatting about that for hours. I know, but I learned some things and we confused some things, probably <laughs> some more. Yeah. But that was Food a great for chat. thought and hopefully a bit thought provoking for everyone today. And we'd love to hear from from everyone. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on, mm. you know, intuition, instinct, gut feelings maternal instinct you know do you think it's real or not um so reach out and we've got another exciting episode coming up in a couple of weeks where we will talk about instinct again so bye guys bye that's it for today make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on instagram at talking in common or you can check out our Facebook page, which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and as always, thanks for listening.